Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. It's time for the Wrestling Perspective Podcast, the most misquoted podcast on all the internet. So please, guys, uh, whatever I say, don't misquote me. I will try to learn to speak more clearly going forward. Uh, that right there is NDA Steel. What's up, my friend? Gentlemen, how are you? That's right. And hey, the Traveling Wonder is back. We thought we got rid of him. We thought... He left to go to a whole new continent, but he is back. Lars Fredrickson. Yes, I was on a whole new continent, but I'm remember, Dennis, I will always be here. Aww, Aww. that's right. You you missed a lot. Um, Ace was misquoted. Oh, look! <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> I did the same. I didn't get hard. Look at you. You just I'm like a fucking. Maybe it's something like in my uh, in my thing i don't know you're like strawberry shortcake or something like you know i'm just the spe- i'm obviously the the chosen one on this podcast so. balloons and hearts oh my gosh i feel the love on this podcast fellas uh normally this week we would be doing a show review but we decided to push it back a week because lars was out of town and you know uh his trips he doesn't watch any wrestling on his trips apparently so well well it's hard because number one i'm in england right and they don't have like hulu and the show times of the pro wrestling are on different channels and if i'm in a hotel which i am i'm not gonna get i might not get sky sports or whatever is showing the thing and then youtube like they'll block certain content so it's i can't i can't do my studying if you weren't in a hotel, would you be in a hostel or something? Like, I mean, what do you mean? If I'm not, if, if I'm not, in a well, hotel. I could be staying with friends. Oh, okay, okay. Do you have friends? No, but oh. if I did, I would be staying with friends. <laughs> How appropriate for Valentine's Day. Meanwhile, like what it is. He's like a WWE superstar coming out to the big graphics overhead now. He's got his own stuff. Look at this. He's going to have right. Pyro coming off next time we introduce him. Well, Sean but, Ross Sapp gives me a, a, a production budget. Oh, for this. 
Wow. He misqu- his company misquotes you guys, but he gives me a production budget. <laughs> Listen, let's get where you got that hat. You're lying here. They just misquote AIDS. No, I know, but see, that's the thing. It's like Ace has got to open up his big mouth and and you know give him the the skinny about how our buddy CM Punk, aka right. Phil Brooks, is going right. to do something that you know obviously. I, I I wish I see it's funny Ace because I feel like sometimes you know I'll get asked to be interviewed and it's always like CM Punk orientated like first of all like I'm gonna spill any beans yeah. secondly like certain things we don't talk about we're friends you know mm-hmm. the wrestling business and these things are like these side notes to our friendships you know obviously you're his trainer and you know there's gonna be things that you might know that I wouldn't and I might know that you wouldn't or vice versa or, and we both know that like, even if we were in part in, in, in part of, of talking with him to help him make decisions, I never would we ever divulge information publicly because that's just not who we are. We're old school in that sense. You know what I mean? We're not, we're not looking for fucking clickbait. We're not wrestling news, uh, you know, fucking dirt sheet people. But Dennis, I know we have a lot of stuff that we want to talk about. What was what was the first? Um, well, subject? first and foremost, is Scott Demore getting fired? This happens oh. today of the recording, which is to me is a huge loss. Demore was one of the first people in wrestling to kind of welcome me backstage, be very kind to me, based on you know who I know and Petey Williams. I've uh, gone out to dinner. I've hung out with Demore Ace. I know you've worked and. Lars, you've you've been back at Impact a few times. Uh, for me, TNA, Dennis. TNA. Well, you were there when it's Impact. Yeah, that's true. But we're, so, we're our, you know just referring to it. It's, it's, TNA. Uh, for me uh, personally, and listen, I don't know Lou. I know you guys know Lou, and Lou mm-hmm. has moved up the ladder. So I I don't know if if Lou is good or bad for business. I can't speak on this. But I for what I've seen Demore do for that company. Uh, you know, I think uh, Jordan Grace, or I don't want to misquote the wrestler, but someone basically said, Hey, Demore basically broke impact down to its studs, brought it back up with a limited budget. He should be credited for finding some of these small guys that he turned into superstars. Uh, you know, people have re signed in that company because of him. And me personally, not knowing anything, being a fan, seeing what I see. I worry a little bit for TNA going forward without him at the helm on who may jump ship. Do they have the leadership in place right now to be able to still find those stars that Scott Demore found? I wholeheartedly. Uh, so to start, just to talk about Scott Demore again, I echo the same sentiments. Tremendous loss. Um, he, I believe what you said um, without really knowing myself because I just stepped into a role as a producer here not long ago. Uh, we had gone back and forth, basically playing uh, phone tag to get me to come in as a producer over the last year or so. And it finally came to fruition in October um, with, I will still be going to New Orleans here in a couple of weeks um, for the, the uh, No Surrender pay-per-view. I can tell you that the talent is heartbroken. Everyone, a lot of people are heartbroken. That place is a tight knit, very tight knit community. Um, if you guys have ever, I used to be a supervisor uh, and run a crew and they work for you. You know, the best thing you could do for your crew is have them work for you for they work. You know, I had gentlemen calling me boss and I just would laugh. Yeah, right. Right. Um, but they would call, you know, that was, 
the amount of respect they have for me, and they still call me boss when they send me a birthday text or things like that. People wholeheartedly believed in him and and in in his vision. And uh, I know it's heartbreaking for him. I thanked him today. I know I see a lot of talents are out there, uh, talents, staff thanking him. Um, when you look at corporate, when you back up, I've seen a lot of changes in different companies. Uh, we were just talking off camera about some changes in other companies as well. Um, it still runs. It still survives. When you have a structure in place, uh, one that he put in place, it will still survive. As far as talent going, uh, you know, that's up to them. That's that's the nature of the wrestling business, no matter how much they, they were, you know. Well, let me, let me just cut, let me cut you real fast, Ace. You sure. know, I mean, I know it's, there's a lot of great sentiments about about him, but. You know, we we both know Lou, and if Lou's taking a, a bigger a bigger position or more responsibility, we know that he can handle it. Yes, exactly. I mean, again, the infrastructure that was put in place, mainly Scott's decisions, you know, in a lot of ways, like, hey, do we like this guy? You know, when I was brought in, it was, uh, let's see if it's a fit for all of us, you know? Let's, let's talk and see if this is a fit all the way around. We're not just going to bring... It's not one of those situations where you just get thrown in and you just work with people that you're, you know, when I worked for a company way back when, as I was talking, you just are handed a position and, you know, if you're, and I'm talking about a major communication corporation where you're together and you're butt heads with someone, you got to work with them. That's basically what real life is. You have to do that no matter what. You probably have people at record companies you don't, you know, not naming names, but, you know, you didn't like to deal with or you name it, bandmates at some point, who knows, but um well here's the thing that you know i, I want to jump in because you, you know the, the the um the thing that strikes me the most is we've had scott demore on this show and we've talked about him but one of the things i think maybe this is what why this move is made because i feel like maybe scott actually actually could see talent but maybe he didn't have the wherewithal to bring him to that next level because when there was moments where we were talking you know, I was, you know, talking with them about music. Scott Demore had no clue about like, um, you know, he knows about Frank Sinatra and these, and these, you know, these other great artists, but that's also a hundred years ago, not taking away anything from Frank Sinatra because that's legendary. But my point is, is that you have to have the finger on the pulse of what's happening now in order to create a now product. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Maybe he, and so maybe the move is because there's more money for production. Maybe there's more, um, it's for newer ideas. Not that saying that Scott couldn't do that, but I mean, maybe was that a factor? Like, and I'm not saying because I know I have some insight or anything, and I love Scott Demore. I think what he did with that company is incredible. It's one of my favorite wrestling companies to watch. But my point is, is that is does he have the now kind of vision that he needs in order to succeed i mean and it was the company making money you know that's another thing we have to ask um you know i the only thing i know in that realm is that that show at the palms in vegas the pay-per-view uh did the best attendance and numbers it's done in 10 years so right. that it, you know fresh off of that but as far as everything else goes yeah yeah i'm not privy to that nowhere you know because why are you books. Right. Well, you change leadership because a you're not making money and you've had this run and you're still not getting in the black, so to speak. You're still in the red. 
that's kind of why I see this. And I feel like maybe there, you know, it's a younger man's game when it comes to record labels, you know, the way records are, or, or, or music, you know, in my experience, you know, the kids are getting, you know, uh, so, uh, uh, popular and selling out venues off of a TikTok click, you know, yeah. click. You know what I mean? So that's the way it's kind of moved in a lot of ways. And I feel like wrestling is is the, in a lot of the ways and entertainment is the same way. So we don't watch episodic TV like we used to. We're, we're now streaming. We're now doing these other things. Like, I mean, the WWE is going to ne fucking Netflix. Excuse my French. Maybe beep that out, Dennis, so we can get WWE talent on our show. But like, um, you know what I'm saying? It's like mm -hmm. it's it's it, it's a whole different world. And maybe Scott Demore was was too much in the you know, he wasn't quite tapping into what needed to tap in as far as, uh, you know, what these big wigs at these companies are saying, like, no, 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 we need influencers. We need these things now, because that, like, if you look at the WWE and even AEW in a lot of senses, they have these influencers. They have these people that have feet in different worlds. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like take Swerve Strickland. He's yeah. a, he's an artist too. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And who's also been a guest on the show. So it's like maybe that's what, what what you know, Dennis. What what are your what are your thoughts about it? Well, I am actually going to take over interview here and ask you both a question that I don't know, and uh, you guys know me very well. And this is a legit question. Give me your scouting report on Lou. What for, for anyone that loves Impact and may have heard the name Lou, but doesn't really know anything about Lou, like me, uh, what can you guys tell me about Lou? Maybe what you may think his leadership may be or what different direction your opinions, opinions, and don't misquote them, would be. <laughs> well, I'll answer this first, and this is what I do know about Lou. Lou, I feel like, sees the future. And part of the reason... I will say that is because of my dealings with him um, just on a personal level. Like he's, he, he, you know, he has produced and been a part of gigantic shows, Vegas shows. So I think he understands what he, what needs to happen. So I think he'll be able to take that to another level. I really think that, you know, it, uh, if for those who don't know, Lou was signed guy Dudley, um, I just think that he's got a pulse and he's got kids and he probably sees, I mean, because that's the thing. It's really important these days. And my kids have helped me see a lot of these things that I necessarily wouldn't have seen because they're, they're teenagers, right? So now I'm getting to ex exposed to a whole different way. They're consuming things. And that definitely influences, you know, decisions I make artistically in a lot of ways, not in every way. I'm still always going to be doing this this a certain way, but I'm going to take elements and maybe add them to what I'm doing now. Ace, uh, as you said, Lou D'Angeli, uh, sign guy Dudley from ECW days, but helped a lot back with ECW as everyone did in ECW behind the scenes. You hear the stories about Bubba Ray, Dreamer, a lot of them having you know wearing many hats behind the scenes. Uh, Lou is is a marketing whiz. Uh, Cirque du Soleil under his belt, worked with World Wrestling Entertainment at one point, uh, came into Anthem, and then actually he, he works for Anthem itself with Invicta Fights as well, not just TNA, but 100% agree. He's got the finger on the pulse. Um, 
you know, it's something I never did consider before is that having kids and having, you know, there's so many things out there and I'll look like this is, you know, I'm 51 now. I don't know what the hell, you know, the Grammys were on the other end. I used to watch award shows all the time because I loved it. Um, I still like some pop music. So you guys can crucify me someday. We will. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Not I'm still a little bit into today. it. But, you know, my wife is nine years younger. She's got a little more of, hey, no, this is what's happening, too. Like, oh, because I'm stuck in my zone. I have one playlist. It's, you know, it's I'll ask for new metal from di from different people because I don't know what's out there. You know what I mean? Um, but Lou is a, a factor definitely in the success of the recent over the last year of ticket sales, marketing things of that nature. I'll give him that props, of course. Um, not to say, again, not to take anything away from the team, but his inclusion in all this has really helped them rise. Yeah, I mean, if you look if you look back at when Lou joined this company and how the company just started to gradually go like this, then you'll understand that like having somebody as valuable as him around, it's, 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 it's no wonder. I mean, I feel like it's, you know, it's not anything to take away from Scott either. Scott got it to a no. certain place yep. and he was smart enough to pick the people that would then take it to the next level. And, you know, sometimes, you know, we can get stagnant and there's always going to be, you know, and unless we sort of adapt or really, um, I just don't think you can do that in the entertainment wrestling field. I feel like rock and roll, you can, you can kind of make a steady, look at the Ramones or Motorhead. It's not like they made the same record every time, but they stayed in their lane and sure. were successful with it. I just don't think that you can do that with wrestling. I just don't think you can. I I agree. And how many times have we sat here and interviewed people? And some people have that wherewithal to evolve their creativity. And some people, it's still the same thing, but different ideas around that planet. And I kind of, as much as I love Scott, I think Scott was a wartime president. Uh, he was the guy that built it up. and but. When you get it to a certain point, Bill Belichick, you know, you were stuck in your way. You can't get out. And yeah, that will be yeah, your downfall. But your Bill Belichick also had a Tom Brady and then gave him nine different targets to hit. You but know, PDF, that, though. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? It's like the wrestlers being bands. If you look at Epitaph Records, we're literally the only band that's been there from the 90s that's there now. And if you look at the bands and the artists that are on that record label, it's completely different. It wouldn't be, you know, and that's Brett Gerowitz's foresight to understand that in order to survive, there has to be some sort of change to it. You know, Rancid is going to stay in our lane. We're going to make good fucking saw, solid punk rock for the rest of our lives, right? You yeah. stop it, Ace. And, you know, sorry, I know you're a Swifty. But anyways, <laughs> my ass. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, um, maybe. Um, but my point is, is that like Scott Demore, you know, was running this label, and maybe now we—it's just—it's just yes. I mean, I—I I think we, unless we have, unless you have anything else to add, Ace, maybe we could go on to the next subject. I do have one more thing before we do okay. move on. Uh, listen, we know Scott Demore doesn't need wrestling. He's a very successful business person outside of it. So if he chose to stay in wrestling. What company right now could he go to and make that quote unquote impact into their company and maybe take them to the next level that you can see? Well, I would say AEW, but you know, the problem there right there, I, I, 
anybody that go, goes in there that knows what the hell that they're doing soon leaves. You know what I mean? And I think the track record speaks for itself. If he goes and partners with like a Billy Corgan for the NWA, I feel like that would take it to, you know, I really feel like that's where he would be most needed. I just don't think he would get anything done except for maybe cash a paycheck in AEW. I mean, the, at this point, they're losing the guys that you want to watch the TV show for are either a injured or i mean other than swerve i mean that's why i want to watch a swerve but um mjf is 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 i mean you know he's injured um you know i just don't know if he could go there it's tony's company i don't think tony is it, tony is i don't think would would understand a guy like uh uh scott demore i think it would it would be it would be i don't necessarily know if that would work I would lean MLW. I think MLW would be for company wise along the same parallels. MLW would be almost like an impact traditional wrestling company. NWA, I feel like if you like old school niche wrestling, I don't know if DeMore could go in there and change anything in there. I mean, DeMore could go easily slip into a WWE system and be successful. Right. I really but he won't go to that sure. producer, I don't think. Well, I mean, Ace, what do you think? I don't think he would have a producer role. I mean, that's always possible. Um, I think he'd be utilized in different things. I think he'd you be You think, useful. by the way, he didn't tell you, right? I just want right. to make this I clear. Think, I he think. He thinks. So Scott Demore would be on commentary? Right. <laughs> Scott Demore is being hired for commentary next week. From WWE. <laughs> alongside right. CM Punk. Yes, alongside CM Punk, ah. and they are resurrecting Bobby the Brain Heenan as well. Be the you greatest heard team you, here. you've ever seen. Then and Mike Jesse, is coming in, the professor right, and, as well. And oh. Jesse the Body Ventura is going to AEW on yes, commentary. Brother. Yes, yeah. brother. Wow. Yeah, with You're Tony Schiavone. So which news. I, mean, I actually if, did like if it's, break, if it's breaking news about commentators in professional wrestling – Listen to the number one breaker of news of commentators of professional wrestling. Number one, a steal. That's Who's right. always off by one word. If, <laughs> if, um, right. I, I think Scott, I, I, I do think Scott would be more valuable in like an NXT system. Um, they, it, they have a lot of people in place for Endeavor and we've seen, you know, they've done, they've done the, the cuts across the board because you can't have, you know, two you can't have two people for the same job. So they've they've melded a lot of things, molded, you know, they've meshed a lot together, which you know, unfortunately is what happens when companies merge. Um, but I think he would be better served in an NXT system, especially with the change coming up, you know, in in uh twenty twenty five, correct Mundo, they're going to yeah, they're going to the CW. Mm-hmm. So is I it, think uh, there's they're not i thought they might be going sooner is that i don't know i don't know i may have i may have my date wrong but uh i thought they were going next year well you heard it here first a still says they're leaving in 2025. (laughs) i click on the internet and i forget i just like i forgot if i left the microwave on good old clickbait steel clickbait steel oh that sounds weird Let's know, that'll, get, that'll get misconstrued real fast. Let, let's move on. And I don't know if Please. any of us are country music fans. I'm not, but Toby Keith passed away uh, the other day at 62. And the only reason why I'm bringing this up 
is because Toby Keith was a wrestling fan. If you remember 2010, I believe he was on an episode of Raw. He did something with Sheamus and Santino Marella and uh, maybe the Bella Twins, if I remember correctly. Then uh, he was part of uh, TNA for a short time. I believe he was part of uh, their very first uh, pay-per-view broadcast showed up, did something with Scott Hall a week later, and maybe one or two more uh, uh, shows up after that. And I I don't know if you guys remember this, but how many wrestling fans that were musicians do you remember going on a show and kind of making, I wouldn't say Toby made an impact, but when you see a Toby Keith on TV, you go, oh, wow, I didn't know he was a wrestling fan or anything like Dimitri Young is one of those guys where – uh, whether you remember or not, he was actually the very first guest on uh, Edge's talk show when he had his in-ring talk show, uh, you know, Dimitri, former co-host here. So I bring this up to say, what sports athlete artist showed up, did an episode or two, maybe even a wrestling match that was your all-time favorite? I love Ozzy Osbourne in WrestleMania too. He didn't have anything to do but show up, and I'm like, "What is Ozzy doing here?" And mind you, think of WrestleMania two. That was what '86. Um, I didn't know who Ozzy was. I was too young to really understand. I knew he was a musician, but as I go through the years and get more into rock music and metal, I realized what the hell Ozzy was there like genius. I mean, and then well, now when you're pulling it back to Cyndi Lauper being there, which the boom, the rock and wrestling boom. Like that was another genius move that was done to elevate pro wrestling, which, you know, set it off. Just, you know, the world's everything just lined up perfectly with the heels, the babies, yada, yada, yada. Um, as far as going years later, um, it may be kind of forgotten. And Lars, you could tell me from your perspective, how much this was the sheets. Um, and the misfits ended up wrestling. <laughs> For WCW, Jerry only was wrestling. And so did and the I only insane know through... clown posse. And Master yes. P was there, yes. too. So, yeah. I mean, there's been a load of... I, But I also feel like bringing the celebrity... I mean, put it this way. The celebrity element killed the WCW. Mm-hmm. Indeed. With making a celebrity a heavyweight champion. But that's, right. then again, Vince Russo's idea. And he's sort of like you know, put his nail in his own coffin. But uh, Mike Tyson was what will always be the more most legitimate celebrity guest that you could Indeed. ever bring into. I mean, that was Shades of Muhammad Ali. I mean, that was being done in, in you know, obviously earlier than that. So, you know, the foresight of, of bringing in a, like a legit boxer into the deal. I mean, we've seen what Bob Sapp did in, in Japan. I mean, that was huge, mm-hmm. right? So... You know, I mean, I feel like adding the celebrities in there. The when I when I think they work is when they have some athletic ability. Um, you know, Lawrence Taylor with Bam Bam Bigelow. I don't know. You know, I I really wish. I mean, Bam Bam obviously was one hell of a worker for making Lawrence Taylor. I think that's an underrated match, but yes, credit to Bam Bam for that. I think that's well, underrated. But that's, but, yeah. but that's all Bam Bam. You know, that's yeah, Bam Bam handholding. Um, but then you get a guy like Snoop Dogg. When Shane McMahon at WrestleMania sees something happening and calls an audible and drops an elbow or whatever, right. so right. you know, it, it, there's there's a lot of things, you know, but you don't want Snoop Dogg to jump off your top rope, obviously, but um, because that was horrendous. But I mean, you know, 
I feel like there's a there's a lot of celebrities that have made impacts, but the more believable ones have always been like professional athletes or something that's similar. <coughs> Toby Let's Keith, see. your original thing, um, you know, you never want to see. Uh, it's, I don't. You never want to see. First of all, a wrestling fan is a wrestling fan, no matter what genre, what it is. They're all, we're always going to have something in common, no matter what other thing that they're into whatever it is there's always something in common and when we lose somebody like a toby keith in, in the world of music i feel like the world of music hurts i'm not a fan i don't really i couldn't name i could barely probably pick him out of a lineup but as a musician you always got to pay respect i got two things uh toby keith i was around tna in the early days that's when i, I worked there that first year I never crossed paths with him, but I do recall him being used. And for the country music audience being running out of Nashville, the pop was huge because he was a big country star. And I have a bit of the pulse, at least from like 90s country or so. Um, so I knew who he was into the 2000s. Um, you know, the world's different now for music, but I think that was used properly. I had no idea until I read the bio that he had anything to do with Jeff Jarrett possibly buying TNA slash Impact back in the day. Uh, that it had something to do with Dixie Carter being included and they, they backed off or that he was a part of Global Force Wrestling. I had no idea about any of that. Um, the second thing is one person I completely forgot until you, you were mentioning things is Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny, I had no clue who this man was, but I live in Florida. Uh, predominantly, there's a Puerto Rican population in, you know, uh, you know, it's a Latin population. That dude is huge. And I happened to be around the PC a little bit when he was training and would just see different things and for him to perform like he did and put in the time i think he did great and i think the eyes he and it's and it's you could tell by when they went to puerto rico like the impact they had going down there um what a superstar he was so well, i mean again that, everyone a lot of people ripped on him on on, on you know our thing it was like ah, oh, what is this doing what is it doing you have no idea the eyes you just put on the product from a Latin community, from Mexico, you name it, whatever other foreign country that we have no clue on. Well, we're talking about, I mean, another guy we can also mention is Logan Paul. I mean, yeah. Oh, he's, yeah. A, he's a natural. Is I don't know. I didn't know who he was other than through my kids. But that's the thing. I learned about this guy through my kids and understand and started to understand what YouTube was doing to the youth of America oh, yeah. and how it was influencing them. So we can move on. Yeah, I, but I was going to say, you don't, we, you know, we still probably don't know the impact Toby Keith had on helping Impact stay alive for those short years just by being involved. So I felt like I should bring it up. I mean, we don't really, you know, wax poetic on deaths here on the show, but I just felt like being part of Impact in the early days or TNA, we should have bring it up for a half second. Oh, absolutely. I do want, absolutely. I do want to switch. Uh, tracks here and talk about this Ugandan soft ground wrestling league. I don't know if you guys have seen any of the videos online. It is entertaining as all get out. I have had a ball watching it. They recently, and I only, and I bring this up because it's kind of a fun conversation. Once again, talking about the reach of wrestlers, they started a GoFundMe this week. They had a $10,000 gold as of this recording. They're halfway there. Will Ospreay has donated $2,000. <laughs> Jordan Grace, $200. Other wrestlers have, have been donating. And it's amazing to, to see 
you know, a bunch of kids in Uganda who love wrestling create their own thing out of, you know, string and bamboo for the uh, ring ropes and wrestlers here pay attention to it and donate to help grow this thing. I mean, it's a pretty wonderful little thing. I mean, it, it's, it's, you know, throwbacks of, of a lot of these guys and how they became professional Mick Foley for one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, right. If you think that this kind of stuff is just new, it's not, it's been there forever. But the what's endearing about it is, is that we're talking about, you know, on the other side of the planet, but you know, and here are these kids for this, with this love of performance, love of this art form known as professional wrestling, you know, I really want to see what they're able to do. Um, as far as like, I want to see them like bring storylines in there and give us characters and give us, you know, character development and, and these, and these types of things, watching it is fun, but it's like, you know, regardless of what happens to it, if there's not something to seek your teeth into, you know, um, then obviously it's just going to be like one of those flash in the pan kind of trips. You know what I'm saying? I hope it's not because I really want to see these guys succeed. I've watched it now and it's like, I get it. It's rad. I think it's super cool. I also like watching guys fighting in junkyards too. So, (laughs) I mean, I love that stuff. I really do. I like any way that you can take this and give it a different look or give give it a, a less, you know, produced thing less of a glazed donut. That's why I love like, you know, Schlack and these, you know, these crazy deathmatch guys, you know, like I love this stuff because you can tell it's like for them, it's a passion. And regardless if you like it or not as an, as a fan or, or whatever it is, it's still a passionate creative thing for these, for these young guys. And I love it. I think it's wonderful. And I might actually just go give them a couple hundred bucks myself. I wow! I saw it in passing, and I didn't realize what I was looking at because I didn't investigate it. It's you know, it's a swipe click. Hey, look at this, guys! Um, I'll go back and watch because uh, I didn't realize the movement that was going on. But again, um, I, I don't know anything about the culture there or or the you know poverty level or not poverty level. But again, more power to them for going out and like you said, living the dream, like like all of us did. If you did this. If you'd be hard pressed unless you were an athlete brought into this business that you didn't as a kid play in your backyard, do suplexes in the pool, that type. I just watched I did for for noise, I put in the background remembering Dusty Rhodes um on the network where they were just kind of, you know, remembering him. Jerry Lawler was was uh, basically recapping the DVD he had, but Dusty talked about putting on shows when he was a kid in his backyard with garden hose. And I don't know why I missed that. I turned and looked. I'm like, I, I don't recall hearing that. Um, it's where we all kind of started in some way, shape, or form. And until you find a way to buy, buy a ring or buy training or how that goes, um, more power to them, you know. Hey, I'll offer training to them if they want to bring me over. <laughs> oh, corporate chill. Great. Uh, I will say corporate? this. I love Kamala. Scott Demore would be a great guy to hire. <laughs> Did you just break news? Scott Demore yeah, signed with Soft Ground Wrestling. Well, I heard that he's doing commentary. <laughs> yes, yes. Him but and Jesse know, Ventura. I, CM Punk might be the world's most famous backyard wrestler, right, guys? Well, you he know is. what? Yeah. He is. I've said so, that before. 
And, and who knows what this breeds, you know, and maybe five, six, seven years from now with the right management, uh, you know, you, you hear these stories of, you know, kids growing wrestling and someone steals the money and they don't talk to people anymore. Uh, if this done right, we could see an influx of Ugandan wrestlers in WWE, Impact, and AEW in five to ten years from now. Do we get Kamala again? Well, Kamala rest in peace. Know. Rest in peace. You know, I was the bestest kimchi since the original kimchi. Have you? Did you know that story? He told me no. that I was. I was I, kimchi once, twice actually. Wow. Tell yeah. it. Well, you can't just say that and not say anything else. I was there twice, and whatever. Yeah, so the law. Do you want to know? Yes. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> Not with that stupid fucking hat on. Go ahead. Sorry, bleep me, Dennis. Beep. Yeah, we ain't getting anyone on the show. I've been watching my tongue left and right, and you're fucking flying flogging everywhere there. Don't finally, finally, trying, you've been I'm keeping trying. your tongue in your mouth. I'm trying. So, uh, work a couple of shows for Dave Marquez in uh, around Newark, New Jersey. He would remember that this is actually on film somewhere. Um, it's on YouTube. And the first night's a, a sold show to the city of Newark. Crowds everywhere. I mean, it's a great show. I get to work the original Midnight Express, neither here nor there. The next night is just a local show put on just to give the boys some work and a little payday. So there's not a lot of people there. It's a traditional indie show. Might have been a couple of hundred, 150 to 200 people, right? But all the same guys, minus, say, X-Pac was on it. Um, Rock and Roll Express versus Midnight is on the undercard. They work, they go home. Earlier in the day, I'm picked up from the hotel, go to Subway, we're eating food, and we stand there, and Kamala is on the show. And I look over as we're in line with Subway, and I look at Dave Marquez and other people running the show, and I say, who's doing kimchi tonight? And they're like, well, I don't know. know." I go, and they're like, do you want to be kimchi? I said, yes, I do. So... I wrestled the great John Walters, Boston uh, area guy, uh, great worker, uh, ring of honor, pure champion, you know, unfortunate. And, and we have a fun match. I found that too out there in the world, but I run back, shake his hand. Thanks brother. Like I didn't talk about the match at all. Uh, no disrespect to him, but is because of the respect given to Kamala. I run, grab the suit and put on, you know, the safari outfit and I go to Kamala and it's Kamala against the ring of honor for the ring of honor heavyweight title brian danielson wow so i lead kamala out complete with uh authentic frontier gibberish out of my mouth speaking ugandan to kamala even on the mic was like oh like i just made up some shit and it's just this crazy match uh it ends up that kamala said well if mr marquez if Mr. Brian isn't going to put me over, then I can't put him over. So they end up having like a big brawl to DQ, all this stuff, all kinds of shenanigans go on. We get to the back. I come up to him and I said, sir, was everything okay? And he said, you are the bestest kimchi since the original kimchi. And I said, thank you, Mr. Kamala. To which I was rebooked in Ring of Honor years later, the same year as WrestleMania 25 in Houston. Uh, Adam Pierce booked me to be Kamala's kimchi one more time. So Sick. I am the bestest kimchi. And it was heard. Dave Marquez heard it. You were the bestest kimchi since the original kimchi. Oh. There you go. He says that to everybody about me. Yeah, yeah. Probably does, but I don't give a shit. <laughs> uh, and finally, to wrap up this podcast, I'm sure we'll have uh, some some banter at the end here. 
I want to talk about the Brian Pillman stuff. It is awesome to see the name go back to the family finally. Uh, apparently, and this comes from uh, his family on Twitter, uh, Brittany Pillman uh, Evans, the daughter of Brian. I never thought I'd see this day, but after 27 years, my siblings and I finally own the rights to our father's legacy. She wrote, I just want to say thank you to all the fans for keeping my father's name alive. And because of all you and the thanks to WWE for making this happen, stay tuned for new merch coming. Dude, I'm excited for some Brian Pillman merchandise. That's cool. That's a very cool thing. He had a very, and, and I dare say short career, like what an impactful career. Um, you go back to the, the, the leading WCW angle and uh, the Booker man, I can't exa- remember his exact words. But when he called out Kevin Sullivan, and then depending on the story you hear, I think Bischoff tells it one way where, no, I, you know, I didn't get worked. But a lot of people say that that Pillman got out of his contract to make it look legit and then flew the coop because he knew what he was doing. But, I mean, just revolutionary just at that point to, like, find the pulse of shoot wrestling. And, of course, he went to ECW for this because the Attitude Era was ushered in by stealing a lot of the aspects of ECW wrestling. So what an impact all of this had. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty remarkable thing. His his actual, um, what would you call it? His, um, oh my God, what's the word I'm looking for? Progression? Uh, no, 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 his, um, his body of work. How about that? Yeah. Um, if you think about like Ace, what you were saying, it was it was a very short time. It was almost a blip in a lot of ways for wrestling, you know. But the impact that he made, the amount of controversy, the amount of things that he did, the amount of cycle he played the game so well that people are still talking about if what he did was a work or a shoot, you mm-hmm. know. And it's only the greats that you can really talk about that about. I mean, if you think about it, there's there's these little time capsules in professional wrestling where there were certain people at a time that didn't you didn't know if it, this was real or if this was scripted. Those are the best performers. I think we're getting yes. a lot of that these days. Um, it's obviously on WWE TV, but. Um, and no, you know, that's where I'm seeing the most of it, where it's actually, you actually believe that it's a real passionate, intimate, emotional journey for this human being. And that's what this business is about. It's about, you know, connecting with somebody and Brian Pillman, whether you liked him or not, and most of the time you didn't, um, you felt an, you had an emotional response to him and you know, it was never go away heat. You know what I'm saying? Right. Oh, no. Yeah. So, and, and, and I mean, there are guys out there right now that have so much go away heat. That's like just insane. But my point is, is that Brian Pillman, his legacy and what he was able to bring to the world of professional wrestling, like we're, we're going to be talking about it, I think for, for years to come. And I'm happy that it goes back to his family because, you know, that's the one thing that I've always, you know, sort of not liked about professional wrestling is like to own these these characters and to the, own these gimmicks. I understand all that, but it, it reminds me of the old school record labels giving people Cadillacs for records and, 
you know, it's, it's, it, you know, when you, when you're part of a, uh, of, of something like a character, it's you who's built that character. It might've, the character might've been somebody's idea, but it, it's ordered to the, it, it's, it's up to that individual to make that character successful. He should own a part of that. Because if you think about it, it's like a house. It's like you, you get equity, right? And with wrestling or with a song, it starts at zero. Okay. It comes with an idea. And then all the equity that you build, right? Somebody needs to, to, you know, I think that the person who creates the idea obviously should get part of that equity, but it's when it, when it boils right down to it, it's the person that is selling you that idea and they should be the majority shareholder of that equity. You know, it's just, it makes perfect sense. It's why, you know, it's, it's like, Nick, whatever. It's, I, I could I could lose myself in this, but I'm, I'm I will happy say this. Family. He probably wasn't the first, but at at that age when I was watching WCW, I grew up on it. I loved it. He might have been for me growing up the guy that revolutionized going from blonde haired baby face Cincinnati Bengal f- flying crossbody the psycho, and there may be guys, and you'll probably chime in when I ask this question. But for me, there were two guys that had the wild eyes that when that just you you got lost in the psychoness of the wild eyes. And and Pillman was one. And the other one, I'd say WrestleMania 13, Kim Shamrock versus uh, The Rock for the Intercontinental Championship, where he snaps and starts suplexing all the refs. And he just had these wild eyes. And, you know, for you guys, when you think of a Brian Pillman S psycho character, doing it best who who did that character best at that time i'm looking at a photo of a different version of what you're saying but in a monster i'm looking at bruiser brody for that what you're talking about is the crazy eyes and the man that looks like he's a maniac um that's that's who i'm looking at for that uh pillman and brody had a promo as well he had a different you know he was more soft-spoken like a, a higher voice, but he was very intelligent. That's why they called me the intelligent monster. But uh, Pillman, to me, I see that with what you're saying for sure. Like he morphed into that person, but the you know, the, you know the the white meat baby face, shall I say, into a heel. Um, and when he became a heel, the Hollywood Blondes, like they were a tag team when I was starting to wrestle, that I gravitated to, and I still love old school Steve Austin. Those are you know stunning Steve Austin those days huge Hollywood Blondes fan, like the psychology in their matches with Steamboat and Douglas. Um, and the way he morphed back into a baby face, but then into this ultimate heel that played off a new version of the Four Horsemen and then changed into everything else. Um, yeah, just just the transition. It was really kind of seamless. You know, if you watch those years, it just, he just morphed into that person. And- Nord, the, Nord the Barbarian. Is my guy. <laughs> He's a Brody, like a Brody guy. Yeah. Nord the Barbarian. I mean, there's a lot of crazy, the crazy, like, again, I'm looking at, I'm looking right at Bruiser Brody, but um, like those crazy eyes and those wild eyes and the blurring the lines. And you said it yourself, Lars, suspending disbelief. And that's what I always teach anyway in wrestling. Like when you watch a movie, you don't want to see the holes in the work or the fighting. I say the same about the pro wrestling that you're putting on in front of people but it's more than just the performance art. It's the feeling you, it's bringing people into this and getting them to come out of their seats for a promo because they care. Now they care about Drew McIntyre. He's got a whole new lease on 
on this character um and they hate him when he comes out dominic mysterio they hate him it doesn't matter what he does in the ring almost anymore you know they just cannot stand him um the suspending a disbelief when pillman walked out and said he was gonna take a leak in the middle of the ecw ring <laughs> you know st- like for their crowd like that's pretty harsh that's not hitting mainstream saturday night's main event but he knew how to work his he knew his audience he learned his audience when he went to wwf um you know they call it pillmanizing the ankle that's when you fold the chair a certain way and crush the ankle it's called pillmanizing now that's what everyone calls it so i mean there's just so many even though that was done to him it was still like a great innovation you know just the innovative things again that he did in such a short time amazing yeah i'm trying to think about i'm sorry i was gonna say good for lexus king good for good for his son that he's around this he gets to though he's not they're not burdening i see why they don't burden him with the name that he's brian pillman jr they haven't they haven't strayed from acknowledging it but you know at least they didn't do to him they didn't make him michael mcgillicuddy or curtis axel you know hard name to live up to with the name hennig but it's it's two different things yeah, I mean they. I mean AEW dropped the ball in a massive way on him. I mean, they that could have been money, but they missed. They once again, I feel like they missed the boat on him, and so I'm happy for his situation now. And I think it's it's only befitting. I feel like it came full circle for him, and uh, I'm glad to see that he's at a place where he's going to be nurtured a lot. Um, as far as like the scary eyed baby face the, 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 or, or to turn that way. I mean, I always love when macho man did it. Like it was oh, believable yeah. for me to, when, what to watch him do it, you know? And I feel like he was the precursor to that. I, I believe if, if we never saw macho with that kind of manic thing happening where he would just kind of get up on the rope and just, you know, du- you know, double fist or whatever. Like, I don't think we could, would have believed in Pillman so much. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Pillman took it to the nth degree, okay? But I feel like a guy like Macho, Bruiser, even Stan Hansen to a certain degree. Yeah, I was going to say Hansen's know, up here too, yeah. You know, there's a lot of guys out there, but I feel like it's a lost start. I mean, who in today's modern wrestling or in the last 15 years do you get that? Um, how do you, I don't react to anybody like that. I can't think of anybody that I would that I could go off the top of my head where I can go, him, the him, only you know. one that would come close for me is during his legend killer era of Randy Orton when he was punting people in the head, killing, killing. I, I, the closest. That's all. I'm, I'm not yeah, saying yeah. he did it. No, that was the closest. It was always I, that was. Go ahead. Sorry. I always feel that they were looking for a Bruiser Brody over the years. Um, I even had a tryout against a gentleman named Jeff Bradley from down here in Florida that's trained a lot of people. Uh, he was, I can't remember what, he was actually a Dudley as well, but he had the look, he was a Florida guy, a good worker, but I always felt over the years, they would always try to find someone that, I mean, cause imagine if Brody went there in the late eighties, had he, had he still been alive, had he had a run with Hogan, uh, you know, even though they were feeding him top, top heels to like, just get, you know, to get beat. But I think he would have been a hell of a force in that company. Um, I feel like I always look for someone like that over the years. I feel you might've had that in Luke Harper, but they didn't make him go that, that way. Um, there was, uh, I mean, Bray uh, Wyatt, Bray Wyatt could have gone that way too, you know? Sure. 
Oh, like yeah. What they yeah. Made, you know, and I feel like he was a very creative guy, though, and I see what he was doing as far as like Bray Wyatt and how his legacy will live on and his contribution. That was the word I was looking for about Pillman contribution to the to pro wrestling is I feel like, you know, uh, the last guy that really gave me the shivers was Psycho Sid, man. I mean, sure. That's the, really There's the last crazy guy, eyes, yeah. you know. Uh, he to me i never knew i you know i met him once at a, and he was the nicest you know and it kind of blew it for me in a lot of ways <laughs> uh, for me it, you know it was i was kind of i i legit was like whoa you know and uh scared back you know one more one more person terry funk because i know pillman was a huge terry funk fan I swear to you, when I was 16, 17 years old, uh, I'd have to, I, I think that's around the time that he was still like in WCW at the UIC Pavilion, man. He took a swing and I was against the guardrail, the barricade, and I would have sworn he would have knocked my block off. But obviously, you know, the distance, and he just took that wild swing. I was like, Jesus, he was going to hit yeah, me. A cactus but it, wasn't, it wasn't him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Foley. Foley definitely when he started yeah. with all the, you know, he, he, I guess, in the mankind era too, but Cactus Jack himself really went for the, yes, you know, the no nonsense. I've got nothing to lose. I'm gonna kill you if it kills me. Yeah, because I feel like the Randy Ortons of the world—that's super contrived. You know, it's just—it's not believable to me. And, and when you got tribal tattoos, you're not gonna—you're not gonna make me believe. Sorry, no matter how many skulls you try to cover it up with. Well, that's that's nice because I always thought the same thing with Batista, who had the belly button tattoo. I was like, "How tough is a like?" I I like Batista, but when the guy comes out with a little sun around his belly button, I'm like, "Dude, what are you I mean, do?" Like, that's like, it's like having a tramp stamp, you know. what I mean, so, but I mean, I I enjoy Batista's movies and his personality in those movies more than I ever enjoyed his wrestling. That's interesting. I, you know, that we're gonna have to deep dive on that in one episode. If, but I wouldn't say I, that. If, I will go to a movie if Batista's in it, but I will not go back and watch a match that Batista's in. Ace, do you agree it. with that? I won't go search it. <sighs> okay, it's like I, I, the Rock. I, I, it's like the Rock. I mean, and I'm, let's bring it here real fast, okay? Yep. Because this is a big topic right now, and I, I don't want to ignore it. Because we're in the thick of it right now. Well, we were gonna talk about it at the end here now. Okay, but all right. Well, what what were you? How are you going to 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 open it up, Dennis? I was gonna basically say, guys, we need to step back and talk about the Cody Rock Roman Reigns uh, Rollins situation right now. Everybody on the internet is backlashing the WWE right now. They've got to, you know, me. Yep, Cody, and we'll definitely because I have a different. I know. We all, I think, have different point of views, which I love it when we don't agree. But uh, it's it's interesting to see now the people getting behind Cody uh, during the last podcast when we talked about this a little bit. We kind of harkened back to uh, Daniel Bryant, WrestleMania, the triple threat match with Batista. Um, so here we go. Uh, we don't know your opinion, Lars. So please tell us what you think right now. Well, I feel like it's 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 very involved. Okay, so like if I like you in in personally, there's a great chance I might like your band. Okay? But when I know that you're not a good person, I'm probably not going to like your band. 
Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I'm gonna I'm just gonna paraphrase it or just you know start it there. The Rock for me, I never was a fan, although I bought his book because obviously there's the Rocky Johnson. Rocky Johnson and Tony Atlas was the first wrestling I ever saw as a tag team. That's what made me fall in love with tag teams to begin with. And that's what, in a lot of ways, I'll give it to Rocky Johnson for making me fall in love with pro wrestling because I'm a, I'm a Bay Area guy, San Francisco. This was their, you know, all these guys were from here. You know, all the Samoans were from the Mission District. They were lived in San Jose. They lived, you know, I, you know, you know what I'm saying? It was, it was very tangible. It was very real for me because they were there. The Rock always, you know, sort of um, his whole thing was to relate with the lowest common denominator of pro wrestling fan to me. It was never like smart, like a Jake the Snake, a CM Punk, a Terry Funk, uh, a Dusty Rhodes, uh, an Arn Anderson, you know, these guys that, you know, even Stone Cold or even Hulk Hogan or, you know, even Ultimate Warrior as much as he was gibberish. But The Rock always sort of went for that lowest common denominator. And I always felt it was always cheap. And he always just, he. so I never liked him. I thought, oh, that's easy. I could go out there and just be a jock, you know, jock guy and, you know, talk about poontang pie and, you know, whatever, you know, it just, it just, it doesn't, didn't resonate with me. And knowing the history and like how many times he's stepped on people to get what he wants, you know, I just don't think he's a good person. Maybe, you know, I don't know. I, that's the feeling I get. I've never met the guy, so I can't really judge him, but I just know that there's no connection for me there. Cody Rhodes, I've met him, you know, Cody Rhodes, uh, when, when, when him and Punker were still in the WWE the first time, talked comic books. And uh, Marvel, uh, the Civil War had just come out, Marvel trade. And uh, I was on a loop. And at the Raw, Cody came up and gave me his copy and said, I'm done with it here. You know, that's what, and found me to give me the book, right? Which I still have. But, it, but that's the kind of guy Cody is, right? And I think people understand that that's actually legit him. He's a good person. Now, you can go on the internet and find all the crazy stuff about Rock and Oprah Winfrey whip, ripping off Maui. And I don't know if any of that's true. That's just on the internet, you know. And it's probably just clickbait to get looks or whatever. So I won't judge Everything on the internet is true. As we all know. I mean... <laughs> Oprah's doing commentary next week with CM there Punk. We there we go. There we go. <laughs> NXT. So, NXT, CM yeah. Punk, Scott Demore, and Oprah Winfrey are doing right. commentary. So for me, I feel like it's it's he's an opportunist. And I think as a wrestler, you have to be that. But I feel like Cody loves this thing more than The Rock ever did, you know? in a lot of ways. And I think that just the homogenization of of him and obviously you hear things, you know what I mean? I don't want to see that guy. He left. Like it's okay, just go on. Move on with your movie career. You've made a pot your piles of money, just go away. I want to see Cody Rhodes who's in his 30s finish his story. 
And I understand on a business sense, Rock and Roman, that's, but I, but was WrestleMania going to be any less successful? So that, that argument to me is not, is not valid because it's, it's already sold a gazillion tickets for both nights. Sure. And, the, sure. and the, you understand it's not going to make it that much more successful. Would it put more eyes on it? Maybe from the, uh, it's kind of like, you know, how the Kansas city chiefs, their PR, you know, with, you know, um, Taylor Swift in the NFL with the PR with the Taylor Swift, they wanted to bring more eyes to this. I mean, it's, it's a PR stunt. It's nothing more, nothing less. You can see right through it, especially when you're in the business and you see that stuff and you know, when it's contrived, there's nothing real about that. Ace, Ace, can I jump in here? Oh, go right ahead. I think Rockman back is the best thing to ever happen to Cody. How many times on this podcast when we talk about Cody, I've always said Cody needs that moment where he feels like the underdog. The people get behind him and push him up like the Daniel Bryan situation. Here we are. That was, but that's what I was about to say, but you cut me off. You're a jerk. You're, hey, listen, there's very few times I ever say anything smart on the show. Very that's true, few. That's true, that's true, very that's true. So give me just one, just one. Thank you. This is what Cody needs. If WWF or E would smart, they would continue on this path of, of Roman rock and let the fans get behind Cody. Don't give Cody the match yet. Cause I still want to see Cody chase it a little bit more. I want to see Cody soak this in. I want to see Cody use this moment to his advantage to lift him up to that next level. Does he need it? Maybe not, but it's helping him. It's putting him on that level with the rock. It's it's this is Cody Rhodes moment. He doesn't need that match right now. His story doesn't need to be completed at WrestleMania. His and I, and if you complete the story at WrestleMania, then what more do we have to go on? The story's over. I don't want the story to be over just yet. I want this to be a long ride where I can see the ups and the downs, where I can see Cody almost have that ring and it's taken away from him. And now he has to try even harder. That's the Cody Rhodes I want to see. And that's the Cody Rhodes I feel like we're going to start getting. Another point I wanted to make is that a lot of people are sour on The Rock. So it makes him really look like this ultimate villain. You know what I mean? And that this is where I was going to go with it. I was going to go deep psychologically. And that is beautiful because that's going to make Cody for the, the Roman's going to leave. We know that, right? He's not going to stick around. But they need that guy to replace Roman. Cody is obviously the face of that company and will be for the next. And and think about how dusty roads this is all. All of this storyline, all of this speed bumps, these little things. Uh, this is all very dusty-esque, so to speak. So, uh, as a fan, I want to see Cody finish this story. As a business mind, I'm saying Cody's got to wait. But you never let me get there, so I hate you. <laughs> Uh, you con you both brought up the Daniel Bryan. I don't remember who did it first. I think Daniel Bryan needed that way back when because CM Punk left. Mm -hmm. Dan Daniel Bryan was coming up. It was a failed Batista return because they made him a babyface. Right. If he hadn't been a babyface, had he been a heel, like creative has done so many times, this is the person you're going to see 
you know, I, I don't think it was the right time to beat The Undertaker and with, with Roman back then. He wasn't ready yet. There's a time to be ready. Um, but it was a clear case of, no, you have to have this guy. No, you have, no, we have to have Batista. And the people weren't buying it. Um, I'm not, I know there's online backlash about The Rock. I don't know if I feel it in the, in the, the venues just yet. Like, right. I need, I, I, again, we've had this talk about so many different things, especially dealing with punk and anything that's happened in his prior history in the last couple of years. A majority of that audience doesn't know. They might not even know that he came back to wrestling at all. They just know he's back here and they're excited for it. They don't know the history of anything that's gone down because they don't read the internet. It is a small section of the world. It's more prevalent than we give it credit for. But I, I think when The Rock walk, you know, walks in the arena, oh, you know, they, they love it. Um, it's, and I agree with you on the Cody storyline. It's akin to the bloodline. They stumbled on something, just a happy accident with that bloodline. And when it ended, where do we go? They're still kind of stretching it out, but shit, it's gone. That train that that train is, is is rolled on, and they're they're reaching at the end of all that to it's got to finally crumble so they can come back to square one and you know Roman makes a triumph whatever happens with him at some point. Because I mean the the, the logical thing to do is Roman Rock, Cody Seth, Cody beats Seth, but says, you know, but see that's the thing they both sort of. Cody doesn't really want that title. Does that make sense? It's like the, if they didn't go there with that and then use that after he won, I think that would be a little bit better. Does that make sense? We had this talk the other day about I thought they should have never split the titles again. Mm -hmm. They should have kept it in one. It would have made all this so much freaking easier. So much easier. But, but you know, yeah. I wasn't involved in that decision, obviously. <laughs> and they had reasons right. for, for doing it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and I think that uh, what they're trying to do is legitimize the other title with Seth. I haven't, and, and, but I mean, honestly, if I'm the booker and if I'm like looking at this stuff long term, you know, I, I don't, I'm like you said, Dennis, I don't want Cody to get it to say, I want to be strung along for another year mm -hmm. because this is, it's not going to kill Cody. It will not kill Cody. Cody, that remember what they said last time? And I was like, I'm glad. Remember, I mean, I was on this podcast saying, no, that was the right move. Remember? Yes. And everybody's like, no, Cody should have won. And I said, no, this is perfect. And honestly, to bring the rock in here, and I know I said a bunch of personal stuff, but my point was to try to make that's the makes him the ultimate villain in all of this that makes Cody the ultimate baby face. It does nothing I, like you, and it, and it proves your point. It nothing but elevates Cody that much more. And, you know, there's a great piece of the story that's getting drowned out by the we want Cody and we don't like Rock thing is going into WrestleMania, Seth Rollins has never beaten Cody Rhodes. Seth Rollins is the champion coming into yeah, this thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, Seth Rollins has a story to tell in this whole thing. And it's if people would just listen to that, it would make the Cody Rollins match a little bit mean a little bit more like, oh, you know, here's a guy trying to legitimize this champion who has his David right in front of him or his Goliath. And he's the David as a champion. And, you know, it makes that match a little bit more meaningful. But people don't want to hear that right now. Yeah. It, 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 
into, I wouldn't say wrap this up, but I always like to spin topics into a question. Here's a question for this, guys. Is this a happy accident with the with with the rock and then you know Cody and the fans backlash? Or is there some evil genius in the WWE that was like, hey, the rock's gonna come back? We can make the fans get behind Cody. We can make the fans start a movement. Cause I I don't know, but you know, I, I kind of heard someone bring this up that this could have been an evil genius plan for WWE marketing all along, and we're just riding in on the the horse with them. Hmm. Well, the interesting uh, thing to throw in the mix is CM Punk was not figured in if it was a master plan all along. So not only was he not figured in from the get-go, he pops in in November of 2023. Boom, there's a change. So what do you do at WrestleMania? You've got a new story that you got to take care of. And you have a new, you have a star unlike anyone else that you could bring in from anywhere. I don't care who you bring in, you know, unless you, unless you got Austin to walk back in, you know, I'm not, unless you got Austin to walk back in the door, no one is going to have this, you know, even close to the impact. So having him come in, there's that monkey wrench. I do believe there could be some evil genius, you know, once Punker went on the shelf and okay, well, now what do we do with this puzzle? Well, that's the thing I was going to say. I feel like the injury is more where the evil genius starts yes. than beforehand. I feel yeah. like we all knew it was going to be Seth and uh, Rollins, or excuse me, Seth and Punk interference with Drew. Something would happen with Drew, and then that would, then it would go from there, right? Seth gets injured. Okay, that's no problem. We'll just beat Seth there. Punk and Drew, now you start your thing because Drew, you never got to beat Seth. You know, you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that works itself out. And then we we were probably going to get Cody and Roman, but then they're like, well, we left this door open here with Rock. Now that we got to go with it because now these two guys that were supposed to be night two are both out. One guy can go, but... You know, what I mean, what's the bet? What's the better alternative? I'm sorry, it's not going to be Rock and Seth. It's going to be Rock and Roman, because that's what you we've might- been all. Ta- I mean, when did we see Seth and uh, Roman and Rock together? When's the last time we saw that? Does that can that anybody when, recall? Was that when Rock tried to help Roman get over by coming out to yes. WrestleMania and raise his yes. hand? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, um, that's the last time we've seen them side by side, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was going to throw in one that this is a happy accident my, that I'd love to see. I'd love to see Drew McIntyre just fuck all this up and win the title and go to WrestleMania. And he's standing on the opposite side of the ring of Cody Rhodes. Well, but Elimination Chamber has to happen. Right. And then, so so, or, he or he ends up in the match. He either, he, they, they make it a, I know everyone hates three ways. I don't quite hate three ways if done properly. But if they're somehow, done right, it's good. Right. If done right, it's good. And I would like to see something with, I don't want Drew to be done at this point. I hope they still capitalize because you don't, you don't get a second chance at the first impression type thing. And he had such momentum when he knocked Brock out of that Royal Rumble before the pandemic happened. Holy shit. Was he on fire? Like, that rumble's a great one to watch. That was a well-booked rumble. You know, the eliminations and that, you know, the, the everything with Brock, like Brock killing people and getting rid of them, and then he took them out. 
the momentum he had, pandemic came, basically cut his his uh, his balls push off and cut his, cut his balls off there. So, you know, he won in front of no people. So now he's got the angst of all that coming back, and they've gotten a chance with the punk injury and the last two probos and everything that's happened. Now we've got Drew McIntyre that we care about. Now we've got a guy that we hate this mf We hate this dude. I think the crowd hates this guy, especially since the angle of putting Punk out. Oh, so God. if he can, he can keep this momentum going. Um, that, that I, I need promo, to see him do something at Mania that 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 makes sense to me and that that's strong. That promo that him and Punk did was, yeah, it was unreal. I mean, that was just that was pro wrestling. Can you give your that, hearts? Can you give your hearts? <laughs> nope. let's wrap this up i i, I want to go eat all right so uh you you missed it lars at the end of the show now we get to listen to ace still put over his uh, wrestling school that he has going on now oh sick so uh so how do i all- get out of this no, how do kidding. you get out yeah, yeah click you eat x your fucking baklava asshole Whatever, I hate baklava. Go ahead. I don't even quite know what that is. Um, it's Greek. It's a Greek dessert. Remember the tips I, I gave you? Remember still the tips I gave you when promoting? Talk about the guys you Why don't you promote it then? I just said Only here. a worldly individual would know what baklava is. So, Dennis, you should know what baklava is. I mean, Detroit, it's got a huge Greek population. Yeah. It's a I know dessert. what a euro is. I know what a euro is. You know, a euro is Hero. a great Chicago yeah. dish. Anyway, cool. We're done. This is not the culinary hour with a still. Let's move it, buddy. Right, Talk about go. your school. Come on. Get out Talk of here. about your school. Let's go. Talk Harley Race Tuesday. Training is coming to Orlando, Florida, the, by way of the foundation of professional wrestling. I would will be opening up a school. Um, details still further coming. I just promote it and put it out there. Website is the foundation of professional wrestling. Uh, you can see my handle at Aces of Steel for updates. Follow me on Instagram. There's Instagram for everything. Uh, moving forward with branding, my Harley race training um, that I'm utilizing, all the things that I've learned from Harley over the years and my association with him, all the things he taught me, I am bringing that to every workshop I do. Again, I do workshops. I don't do seminars. I don't stand there and tell you stories. You'll get some stories in my jibber-jabber in between that's working where, in the ring. That's where I come in. Yeah, Lars has come in to tell you stories about when he uh, looked at Lemmy taking a shot of, of, you know, of whatever over at the whiskey. Um, is that true? Did that happen? No, but I've seen him drink. Okay, there you go. Um, that's what Lars is for. But uh, over the years, all the people that I've trained and worked with, you will get the benefit of that. Um, I'm just excited to get this going and bring some some love back to professional wrestling and the things we talked about suspending disbelief, which I always believe in helping you up your game. If you're a current professional wrestler and I've talked to a lot of you out in the, in the scene that get a hold of me um, and look for ways to improve their game, uh, things like that are coming. Um, but I will have a location that we can train. We can do one-on-one training and then brand new professional wrestlers. Let's break you in. Uh, recently, Grayson Waller has put me over on podcast you know I trained CM Punk, many others. Uh, Adam Pierce will say that I uh, NWA heavyweight champion, 
not just the official on television, a very accomplished professional wrestler himself will tell you that I have taught him so much that I won't take credit for. And, and I hate even saying these things. It's hard for me to put myself over, but um, more, more to come. All right, Lars, give us some help, some hearts on the way out. Really? Uh, What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.